Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor. I got Tim back. Tim, you were out at out at sea last week. Uh, did, did you catch any uh, catch any fish or see any whales? Absolutely zero. Yeah, no, un- unsuccessful. <laughs> um, but it was a, a good time. It was uh, not crashing a family vacation, but happened to be in the area due to vi- going to a couple weddings. And uh, rather than flying back and forth a few times, spent the week in between with family. So screwed up my schedule a little bit, but uh, you know, you held down the fort and, and I'm back. So let's get into it. All right. So today we are talking about the age old question. Does offense win championships? If you missed last week's episode, we answered the question, does defense win championships? And the answer is we kind of came out with a threshold you need to be above. So we're going to do the same thing in this episode Uh, The criteria is we're looking at the last nine years and we're going to look at the offensive rating rank. So basically where your team finished an offensive rating that year. And then we're going to look at how many above average defenders you have using O LeBron, which is our overall offensive metric. And then we're going to zoom in, you know, one step closer and look at how many a offensive players you have uh, in O LeBron for kind of those high end players. Uh, real quick, I'm just going to run through the finals we're covering just so you have a little bit of a quick refresher. 2014, uh, the Spurs beat the Heat. The Heat break up. The next four years after that, the Warriors and the Cavs play. Uh, 2019, the Warriors lose to the Raptors. Uh, they had a lot of injuries that year. Uh, KD and then Clay went down late in the finals. 2020, the Lakers beat that Dark Horse Heat team. 2021, the Bucks beat the Suns. And then this last season, the Warriors top uh, Boston. All right, Tim. So we uh, that's our criteria. That's what we're looking at. We're trying to figure out a threshold of what you need to be above to be an offensive champion. Does that all that make sense, right? Yeah, it makes sense. And I'd say from listening to the, the defensive episode, the way that I as a fan have been applying what I learned was as I'm looking through as a Laker fan, different trade scenarios, and, and, you know, first getting a sense for where is my team right now? Do we meet those thresholds? The answer was definitely no. And then <laughs> looking at, all right, well, if they do this Brooklyn trade or if they do this Pacers trade or the Jazz trade or Knicks trade, can I get to the number of requisite good defenders to at least satisfy the D LeBron component of, of that formula? So I, that's how I would advise people listen to this, you know, take uh, inventory of your team as is. And, you know, if you are a thumbs up for both the offense and the defensive episodes, you should be going into next season feeling pretty good. If not, it might be, all right, we're one guy away or maybe we're four guys away or something like that. So this, you know, I see these as a great way to not just say yes or no, your team should be a contender or not, but how close exactly are you and, and or how far away are you to being one of those true contenders and being able to know that ahead of time is really nice. All right, so we're looking at 18 teams in total. Of all those teams that made the finals, only two did not have an offensive rating in the top seven. That was the 2022 Warriors, uh, and they were first in defensive rating, so that kind of helps that make sense a little bit more. And then the other team was the 2020 Lakers. Both those teams won the championship. They were the only two teams not in the top seven, so that's our threshold here in offensive rating. Uh, and, and Tim, what do you what do you what do you kind of think about those two teams kind of bucking the trend a little bit? Well, I think this year's Warriors team is a little bit of an asterisk to this, just because in the regular season, which is what we're looking at with this, 
they had a lot of dudes that were injured. Clay was coming back from an injury. Draymond was hurt for stretches. Steph Curry had his worst regular season in a, in a long, long time in a lot of different ways. And in the playoffs, they were able to turn that on, bring it together, perform quite well. But this was a team that, you know, throughout the season, a lot of people saw as, you know, once they're healthy, once they kind of put it together, they're going to be really, really dangerous. So I'm not necessarily surprised by that. And and once they did get to the playoffs, they were fourth in offensive rating. So, you know, the offense, offensive potential was there. Once the guys were healthy, the offense itself was there and their defense is, you know, was absolutely elite, elite and Basketball is a two-way game, so I totally get how they got to where they did based on on those factors. And then that Lakers team was a little bit of an anomaly in terms of like the offense in the regular season wasn't all that great, but then in the playoffs jumped up to the second best offensive rating of playoff teams. And a big reason of that was Markeith Morris had a real hot streak in the playoffs. Anthony Davis turned into this just like insane, insane player where he was hitting his threes. He was hitting everything from mid-range, hitting everything at the rim. Um, I think every team, if they were able to get that version of AD on their team, they would have had a real good shot at winning the title that season because it was just, he was unstoppable. LeBron was great. So I get that. But then they were also a number three team in the offensive or in uh, the regular season for defensive rating were built around defense. And uh, so I, I totally get how they were, where they were a real like physical tough, we're bigger than you, we're going to rebound well, we're going to defend the hell out of the ball, and then have those superstars be superstars with some spacing around them once you get to the playoffs. So I get both of these. And, you know, from a building your team offensively standpoint, I don't know that you want to bet on the anomaly of the Lakers bubble, you know, a couple guys getting hotter than they were, even though that, that team was a really good team. They were the number one seed for a reason. The offense took a jump because of that. Whereas this Warriors team, that was the anomaly. I don't feel bad about like the roster construction there. Like we know they were, we knew they were going to be good. It was just a fact of they weren't healthy enough to do so. Yeah. And if you look back at the defensive episode, it was the only teams that did buck the trend were LeBron teams and then a few of the Warriors teams. So it's the same thing on the offensive side. Uh, again, if you want to make the finals, you need an offensive rating in the top seven. Uh, moving on. Uh, in the defensive pod, it was you needed four above average defenders. It's the same thing here on offense. You need four above average offensive players to make the finals. Again, the only team to buck that trend surprisingly was the 2016 Warriors. That was the team that had the crazy regular season record. They were just bowling teams over. That was right before KD got there. Uh, but they were just an ultra top heavy team. Uh, Dre, Steph, and Clay were doing all the heavy lifting. They actually had the best offense in the league that year. And uh, that was one of the rare cases of just like hyper, hyper, hyper uh crazy top end talent uh if you look at dre and clay they their o lebron's relative to their offensive load was super high um they were comparable to guys like kevin love and Kawhi leonard in that season so the 2016 warriors were a, a special team where they didn't get over that four player threshold but when you have three future hall of famers you, you can you can you can get around being kind of being like all the other teams yeah, it makes sense. You know, at, we can set these general parameters, but at the end of the day, if you have just those elite, elite superstars on one end of the court or the other, you can you can work around this. So it makes sense that that like that team is able to get around this. But if you're building your team, I wouldn't you know anticipate being that team. So you know, try to grab as many good offensive players as you can. 
next, we're going to look at the deepest team. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at O LeBron, which is overall offensive impact. And we're just going to look at the players that were above average and see which teams had the most of those guys. So these were the teams that were super deep across the board. They had seven above average offensive players. The 2019 Raptors, which I think in this kind of, you know, mini research project, the thing I've learned the most is they were just incredibly deep. I think they went seven deep on offense and defense being above average. And that makes sense. That's that'll get you, get you to a finals. Uh, the 2018 Cavs, they were a surprise. Um, they were really bad defensively, but on offense, uh, they had a lot of depth. They traded for some guys in the middle of the season to kind of bolster the offense. And then the 2016 Cavs uh, also. That, that Cavs team, when LeBron came back, they were quite deep on offense. And uh, I hadn't quite realized that until I really dug into the numbers. Yeah, it's it's interesting, like, not having these numbers until recently to then look back and see like, oh, what was 2013? Like, what was 2015? Like, what was 2019? Like, and uh, yeah, looking at that Cavs team, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But, uh, you know, you remember these guys, you remember how good we thought they were, but really getting that context of like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to perfectly remember how I, you know, thought of all players on all 30 teams that year. So <laughs> knowing that like Delhi wasn't an above average offensive player, Channing Fry wasn't an above average offensive player that year. Those, those sorts of things. Like if, if I wasn't looking at the data, I maybe would have guessed, but I, you know, wouldn't quite be sure. So it's neat to, to look through the numbers and, and really solidify that quick Channing Fry uh, story. I, I can't, I can't remember a player <laughs> like in the late 2000s, early 2010s, a guy like Channing Fry. It felt like every Sunday afternoon game when he was on the Suns and he was on the Cavs, just casually hitting three or four threes left wide open. It's sort of, you know, some people, they fall asleep uh, watching golf on Sunday afternoons. For me, it was just Channing Fry hitting wide open kick out threes. I don't know why, but it sticks in my head from that era of basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the uh, those Cavs teams did a good job of grabbing guys who could not open threes down, and, and Fry was one of them. Uh, moving on, that next tier of offensive depth was uh, six guys above average. That was the 2021 Bucks and the 2021 Suns. So two years ago, that was actually a matchup of a lot of depth going at it. You, I, with both of those teams, people will argue about who was their best player, who was their you know most impactful offensive player. Is it is it Chris Paul? Is it Devin Booker? Is it DeAndre Ayton? Or for the Bucks, people say, oh, maybe it was it was Chris Middleton. It wasn't necessarily Giannis or. That those kinds of debates, you know, signal to me this is a deep team, uh, and a lot of the, between the Raptors and then maybe that Suns team, like some of these some of these teams on here, the talking points around them maybe not necessarily correct, where it's like superstar and then you know who else on the supporting cast can step up, or it was who is their superstar. Um, you don't necessarily need to have a super clear hierarchy of you know, two star players, a couple great players, and then some average players, like you can get by with a lot of above average basketball players on both ends of the court. Um, you obviously want to have stars, but that Raptors team, I think was a great example um, with Kawhi and, and then just a bunch of dudes around him that played real good ball. Uh, you can be underrated, but if you get it done on the court, you can, you can win that title. All right, so moving on, those were the uh, teams that had a lot of depth, a lot of above average players. Now we're going to look at the teams with the most uh, players with an A grade in O LeBron, so more of that higher end talent on the team. 
the team with the most uh, A grades, which I think is a little bit of a surprise, but we did talk about them earlier being really deep with uh, seven players with an A grade was the 2019 Raptors. And then a tier below that with six players with an A grade was the 2016 Cavs. And that was the team that defeated the Warriors. Uh, that was the, the Warriors team that set that crazy regular season record and wins. And uh, yeah, those are the teams that were the most top heavy in A O LeBron players. Well, and maybe not top heavy, but or top. You know, so how do I say this? Top heavy ancillary players. Does that make sense? Uh yeah, ancillary top players, heavy bench players. Just, just lots of good guys. <laughs> <laughs> like they just had, you know, they had a, a bunch of really, really good offensive players. I, I don't. I, top heavy makes it seem like there were only a couple. Um, because that's that's. Oh also yeah, I guess that's not a good. Like that's that not a good word to use. Hmm. Yeah, because that, that I mean it's almost the opposite of how we described or it was the same term but opposite situation of how we described that 2016. Warriors I guess they're not top heavy, so, they're just heavy. <laughs> yeah, they just might be heavy. In a good way. In a very good way. Um and so something I, I guess I also want to call out with this and the defensive episode, it's obviously easier in retrospect to like look at these numbers and be like, yeah, like these should be the best teams. They played the best. This is the data at the end of the season. Um, but even like looking at the, you know, heading into the year with, with the players that they're had on the team from the prior season, a lot of these trends still hold pretty true. And LeBron along with just about everything else is a, it's a stat that's going to change based on context, how the players use the scheme they're in, the lineups they're in, the teammates around them, things like that. So you can always see changes in these with guys switching situations as we always do. But I still think it's the type of thing that you could take a look at what was last year's data and that can help inform you as to what you should expect at least to see this upcoming season. I think one of the craziest takeaways from looking at all these numbers was uh, just LeBron. We talk about the stat LeBron. I'm talking about the play LeBron now. Uh, his ability to raise teams offensively, I just, I guess overall is mind boggling. If you look back, his teams had a top seven offensive rating for 10 straight seasons. And that was across three different franchises from 2009 to 2018. He was himself just an unbelievable, unstoppable offensive machine. And I, I just feel like, Sometimes when you're looking at the numbers, I don't know if you know this, Tim, like, or if you've had the same experience, like when you do a lot of research for basketball, it's a lot of the time just like sitting at a computer screen, compiling numbers. Um, every once in a while, you'll raise your eyebrows. Um, and then every once in a while, I will let out an audible gasp when I see something in the numbers that is just so outrageous. And this is one of those cases. Yeah, I, it's he's spectacular. This speaks to his brilliance and Man, I, I wish we could see these types of numbers for decades ago, basketball, to see what like the Michael Jordan teams look like or the Magic Johnson teams look like, things like that. Uh, but, you know, just looking at LeBron, he's incredible. And, you know, there's a reason the LeBron stat is named after him. <laughs> when you're so good, you get all in one stat. Well, actually, it's not always the case because Darko has <laughs> Darko has an all in one stat as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's named the way it is because we knew like as we were coming up with the name we knew we had certain options for like types of letters we could use 
um, if the you know if we can come up with a word that had a p in it, we could do like plus minus or pm plus minus, um, or i could be impact or e could be estimate or l for luck adjusted or you know la for luck adjusted. So like you know we had a lot of puzzle pieces and it was just about figuring out which ones you could put together and actually make a real word. Um, so we I don't know I'm pretty happy with it. The fact that we were able to uh, have just about every one of the letters in the the name LeBron be the first letter in the word that it's representing rather than just like some, you know, the fifth letter in the fourth word or things like that um, where it doesn't really translate as much. Um, but I don't know. People are going to love it or hate it for whatever reasons. But uh, as we're finding out, it's it's pretty useful in analyzing teams. Tim, are you uh, are you good at Scrabble, good at Wordle? Uh. I'm I'm okay. I I think I could be better. Uh, I think my fiance is a bit better than me. I have one friend who's really really good. He beats me in uh, what's that? What's the word game on the? Oh, I don't know. Do you have an iPhone? I do where, not. Uh, okay, there's there's one of the games where they they give you a list of letters and you have to like find every word within. I think it's Boggle, like but then they just made it an app. Pretty much, yeah. I've just he's you know an olympian in that basically um so that has me feeling down because i feel like the people i play with are really good at it but no to answer your question no i'm not very good uh words words are not my <laughs> as tim as people in the basketball index slack no words are not my forte I'm more of a numbers guy um i we have a new segment on the podcast we're gonna start introducing some segments this segment is called well 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 and it's when I'm going to rub in basketball index numbers being right. Uh, every team that was listed with the most A-grade uh, LeBron players, uh, both in the offensive and defensive championship podcast, those teams went on to win the championship. For those of you hate listening, because I know there are a few that do not believe in analytics, this segment is for you, where I stop, I take a moment, and I say, well, 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 well. Wow. I did not know about that. That is, uh, that's pretty incredible, Taylor. So, and, and again, because we're looking at regular season data and then saying, you know, what, we, what can we learn about it from, what can we learn about the playoffs or, or winning a title from what that regular season looks like? So it's not just, you know, we're already looking at the end of the year and looking at playoff data and grabbing the best teams with the best playoff data, because that would be a little bit more obvious, but the fact that regular season, you know, A grades and LeBron, per, you know, not correlates, but it'll tell you who's going to win the title is that's nuts. It's kind of like, I mean, it's like looking at D LeBron and how it's picking the defensive player of the year just about every season or looking at LeBron was above replacement and seeing how that picks the MVP just about every year. Like it's, it's doing a pretty good job. Data is getting better and better and better. I'm sure we'll have a better version of this or someone else will have a better version of this sometime soon, just with how things are changing. But we're already doing pretty darn good. So uh, that is it. We're going to be tweeting that one out, Taylor. This is pretty cool. <laughs> my goal in life, Tim, I don't know. I don't know if I've told you this yet. My goal in life is to take all the magic out of it and replace it with cold, hard numbers. Uh, so I think we're, we're well on our way. <laughs> um, well, let's just recap really quick. So does offense win championships? Yes. And the threshold you need to be above is you need to be top seven in offensive rating or you need to have Steph or LeBron uh, and then you need four above average players to make the finals on offense so these are just some things like Tim said at the beginning of the episode when you're looking at your team hey 
like where did we end up last year in offensive rating? How many above average guys do we got going into the next season? Uh, were those the are we above it or are the problems that this team has have they been addressed? And I feel like these are just good quick indicators to kind of get a feel, especially like mid season of like how are things looking, how are things shaping up, like what are my team's chances? Because Tim, I don't know if you get this question, but people ask this all the time to me. They're like, "Hey, can my team win the championship this year?" And now, I, before, I was kind of winging it, I'll be honest. <laughs> but now, I, I might take a look at kind of the criteria I've set up here, and I'm going to be able to give them probably a more accurate answer. Yeah, I think this is really helpful. It's uh, something you can take a look at before the trade deadline to let yourself know if your team needs to make another move or not. Uh, it's, it's really interesting stuff. And I, I guess one last note about the above average O-LeBron or D-LeBron. That's, you know, greater than zero. Zero is average, even though you're going to see like the 50th percentile for, uh, or, or actually, I, I mean, I guess technically like the average when you look at all the players that play, it's probably going to be a little bit below zero. That's because there are all of those replacement level players that do end up getting minutes at various times during the season when like normal players get injured and then like G League guys are called up and, and are performing. So look at that z- above or below zero is is kind of the the benchmark I'd say right is that is that how you took a look yeah, at this that's, that's how uh, that's how I did it would yeah. that be so funny if it was like oh all no right, I cool. did it all wrong <laughs> we got to do these two episodes again <laughs> <laughs> um, all right that's that gonna wrap be, it up yeah, for this episode of the Basketball Index podcast I'm Taylor that's Tim don't forget to smash that like button and we'll see you on the next episode of the B Ball Index podcast where we take the magic out of life. (laughs) 